0: Good morning, come on in, find a seat and let's begin to set our hearts and our minds on communing with Messiah today, for unto us a child is born, we celebrate the coming of Messiah and I hope that you uh, have been experiencing that throughout this Christmas season, uh, the fact that Emmanuel, that God is is with us. I hope you've been experiencing His presence throughout this time. I know that it's busy. Uh, I know that it just seems that like one thing is just piling up on another, and and uh, the the, the to do lists tend to be long, and. Um, but as you're checking those off, I, I, I do hope and pray that you are experiencing the presence of Messiah in your life throughout it all. Otherwise, it's not as meaningful and, and really can become overwhelming. So I, I pray that for you. I hope you've been experiencing that, and I hope that you will continue to experience that throughout this next seven to eight days as we lead into Christmas Day. I also hope that you received one of these on your way in. Please do take the time to look through that. There is helpful things in there, especially um, events that are taking place uh, next week on into the week after that. just want to remind us that next Sunday we will have two distinct worship services Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Just like regular will be our family Christmas celebration, 10 o'clock right in here, and then Sunday night, 6 p.m., will be our annual Christmas Eve service. It is very different from what we we will be doing Sunday morning, and um, it involves communion and candle lighting. Um, uh, It will be a very reflective time. It's very meaningful, so I hope that you will be able to participate in both of those, which just really prepares us for a very meaningful Christmas day. We are going to have a New Year's Eve party here. Uh, our youth group is heading to Golden Bell that night for, uh, for a big party with uh, a bunch of other youth groups. We're going to open this place up for families as well, 6 to 12. It's just kind of you show up uh, potluck style, bring, bring whatever goodies you want to bring with you, uh, board games. It's a great time to hang out together and enjoy ringing in the new year. Um, We'll have church that morning, of course. Um, All of these things seem to happen on Sundays this year. Um, So New Year's Eve is a Sunday. We'll have regular worship time together that morning and then a New Year's Eve party that night. Yes, Paul. So Christmas Day, we are opening this space up to uh, minister to needy families, just like we did Thanksgiving Day. I'm pretty sure you heard the report, but I'll remind you we... We served about 180 meals Thanksgiving Day. Uh, We anticipate that going up a little bit, so we're going to be prepared for at least 200 meals to be served. If you are planning on helping minister that day, this is Christmas Day, um, we need you to be here at about 10.30, right? Show up about 10.30, we'll get you uh, locked into your job. Uh, your position for the day. And then we open up and we serve from 11 to 1. We also will be delivering meals. In fact, that's uh, a lot of what we've been doing. The biggest success of that meal has been delivering food. I think we delivered 120 or 130 meals uh, Thanksgiving Day. So um, it's a great way for us to minister, to reach out to needy folks And uh, if you're looking for a way to serve on Christmas Day, this is the place to do that. So arrive at 1030, we'll start serving. We'll be serving from 11 to 1, and we'll wrap it up, okay? Uh, Let me pray for us as we get our hearts and our minds moving into the right place. Jesus, we have come here today to honor you. Uh, You are the reason that this season exists so we center ourselves on you we fix our eyes on you jesus the author and perfecter of our faith and we open up our hearts and our minds to whatever it is that you want to accomplish in us even through us today may you be honored in every aspect of what takes place in this facility today in jesus name we pray and everybody said man will you stand together shake a few hands let's join together in worship
1: Come today in the middle of all the chaos and all the lists and all the expectation, the food, the family, the loneliness, all of it is represented in this room. And Father, we just want to come this morning. We want to open up our lives, our hands, our finances, our families, we want to purposely let go of those things that we are so holding on to we so want to control how our brother acts at the Christmas table we so want to control our dad our kid father we want so badly to be you to be in control and we admit today again that we have never been in control we never will be so we submit again to you father we rest in a God that is good and we all said amen it's, amen. it's true And you may be seated for our Advent moment. This is the Peel family.
2: The revealing. They were going about their normal business, hanging out with the sheep day in and day out, a menial task in the grand scheme of things. They were a group of people not worth mentioning around town, yet they would become a key ingredient in the recipe of the Christmas story, for they would be the first to hear the arrival of the Messiah. This would be no ordinary word of mouth testimony, but an unbelievable display of the heavenly realms in voice and in revelation. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who had heard heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. God is still about the business of revealing himself to us, but it may not be the spectacle of the shepherds and the angels, but it could be the quiet of a Bible study moment or a worship time in the car, or even a cup of coffee with a friend. Allow God to show himself to you this Christmas.
1: How is he revealing himself to you? story is very evidence of a story where God comes in the small, in the unexpected, in the incognito, and I'm wondering where this past week and where this coming week that God is going to reveal Himself in a small, humble tiny way I think it's very clear that we have to look for God that God doesn't often just slap us in the face sometimes he does and he uses our spouse actually but often God is whispering look look listen and it's often through people it's often through those around you Will you pay attention?
3: (laughs) Amen.
1: is true does anyone see God in you are you the one who is Emmanuel to those around you are you the one this week that someone is gonna see his love and his presence just now, just spend some time, talk to him, tell him what's on your heart. a church body if we need to be God incarnate to maybe someone around you so I just want you to take a risk right now is there anyone here this morning that needs prayer you have a family member you have a fear you are whatever but you will just raise your hand this morning and say Pastor Todd, will someone pray with me? You don't have to share. You don't have to go into detail. We're just going to move around those around us. Does anyone need just God's touch this morning? You need prayer? I see we've got one. We've got two. Will you look around you? Keep your hand up for a second. Just admit it. We need God. You see those around you? Will you, will you just move, someone move close to those around you? I know some are, do you, do you know where, who needs prayer? Will you guys move right now near those people? And um, just let's lay our hands on each other. The physical presence is always needed. I'm just going to give you a moment. Will someone around that person just call out in prayer, not knowing maybe even what's going on? Father, hear our prayers. Father, it is good to hear the prayers of your people, lifting up those in need. And Father, for those who didn't lift a hand because they're afraid, I just ask that your presence, your peace, your hope, Father, will intersect their lives this morning. May we all be reminded today to turn to trust in you when things don't make sense, when things aren't comfortable, when they don't feel good. Father, we still trust you.
3: I
0: again affirm our praise and our adoration for you today, and our dependence on you. We declare our need for you today, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, You are the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things. You're sustaining us even now in this moment. You are Emmanuel, God, with us. And we experience you throughout the day not just on a Sunday morning, but we experience you on a Tuesday afternoon and a Thursday evening. We experience you not not just inside the walls of a a church building, but we experience you in our homes and in our workplaces, even in the hectic moments in the shopping malls. So we, we have our eyes open and our And our ears open to authentic encounters with you throughout the week, experiencing Emmanuel, God, with us each and every moment of the day. I realize. Jesus that in a room this size there are a wider range wide range of needs represented here today and some are desperate there are things that have happened or things that are happening that maybe those of us in here don't realize it's taking place in someone's life or in a family situation that has made Christmas harder this year. I'm asking Holy Spirit that even right now in this moment you will come around those individuals, those families, those circumstances and you will bring redemption, you will bring strength, you will bring comfort, you will be the prince of peace inside of that. I also pray that you will protect all of us with our traveling over the next couple of weeks protect our family members as they may be coming this direction, that you'll have your hand on the vehicles and the airplanes, whatever modes of transportation that you will that you will have a hedge of protection around us and our loved ones as, as we're going to and fro. Thank you Jesus that you are Emmanuel, God with us. We just again declare our need for you and our reliance upon you today. We are your people called by your name. This is your space. Own it today. Thank you for how you've been moving in this place and continue to do so in Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, may be seated and as you're doing so, I want to invite our ushers to join us as we prepare to receive mornings, tithes, and offerings. Jesus, you are our provider, and we honor you today for the provision that has come. We honor you for the provision that is yet to come. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it. Bless it. Multiply it. Accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. invite you to the book of Luke, chapter 2, Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, starting the reading today right at verse 1, in those days, Caesar Augustus, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Pause there for a moment. We're going to do a little history today. We need to back up about 300 years prior to Christ's birth. there was a man named Alexander the Great. You've heard of him. You may remember his name from history when you took that. However many years ago back in school, we won't have to talk about our ages today. Alexander the Great um, was uh, arguably one of, the, one of the greatest military commanders of all time. Accomplishes this amazing thing and, and, and conquers... Um, most of, of the known world at that time, that, that entire area and, um, and hellenizes the whole place. In other words, he, he brings Greek um, uh, Greek understanding, Greek, the Greek way of life, to, to the entire region. Now, Alexander the Great um, does not have an heir to the throne, so when he dies suddenly, there are four generals that rise up from with, within the ranks, and basically they take over four different provinces. They kind of arm wrestle for these four different provinces. And it's the Seleucids, or what we would know as the Syrians. It's the Syrians that take over the, the Israeli-Judean Judea Judean region. A man by the name of Antiochus IV is in power over this territory. And he's really intent upon Hellenizing the, the from, from the top down the area. And I mean, he, he wants every aspect of life to look and sound and feel like Greek. And so he it, 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 he's so intent upon this that he, he leads an army of people into the heart of Israel, right into Jerusalem, right into the temple. And he and he destroys the temple, the, 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 the interior of the temple. Um, he desecrates it. He sacrifices a pig inside of there, puts up a, a pagan statue, and even declares himself deity. This, of course, was an awful, awful thing to take place. And this, this happens in about one 65 to, to 170 AD, sometime in there. I, I, my dates are a little sketchy on that. Right after that, a, a group of rebel Jews, we know them as the Maccabees, basically they, they rise up inside of this uh, against this atrocity and they begin to fight against the Greeks and they drive them out of the region, they drive them out of the temple, out of Jerusalem out of the region they have this amazing victory this victory they should have never had but we just know that god's hand was upon them and they were able to accomplish this we know this as the maccabean revolt right you may have heard of that this happens about 167 a.d or so and they come in and they they set the temple back up um one of the things that was an issue in this particular event was the, the, uh, the, the, the candle display, the menorah um, they, they, they had very little oil And so um, they wanted to get the candles lit immediately Just to, to signify God's presence had been returned to the temple Things had been restored But they really only had about a day's worth of oil And they were stressed about this But they said, well, we'll just, we'll just light the candle And then however long it takes to get the, the special oil that we need for this they knew it was going to take about a week or so before they get the rest of the oil in and a miracle takes place and for eight days that menorah burns when it only should have lasted about one day now that in case you didn't know sets the stage for Hanukkah and Hanukkah is the celebration of that whole story Hanukkah we're right in the middle of Hanukkah right now And many Christians don't think about it too much. We don't don't have a a, a great understanding of what that is, but that that is a celebration of this, of that particular event, that revolt, that Maccabean revolt that takes place about 167 years before Christ's birth. Now, I, I just want us to realize that What Antiochus intended To accomplish This anti-semitic Act this this thing He was doing he really he really Wanted to remove judaism Completely from the area And he was intent Upon pulling that off I'm saying this because If we don't have hanukkah We we don't have Advent as we know it If if the Maccabean revolt does not succeed and and the Greeks are not driven out of the area and the temple is not restored, uh, Christmas story as we know it probably doesn't happen. God's hand is just upon this thing. And by the way, if you look in Daniel chapter 8, you will find prophecy pointing to that whole thing that takes place um, with Uh, with alexander the great and even with antiochus the fourth that all happens up to about 167 a.d following that the romans come in wipe out the greeks and now the romans are in control of everything and julius caesar is in control and then he dies and when he dies there's a great power struggle that takes place there's three guys that rise up inside of that trying to take leadership in fact there's a great war that takes place at this point and ultimately it is caesar augustus who wins that war and he becomes the caesar over all of rome and this is where we're at with world history when when this story unfolds all of this Chaos, all of this conflict, all of all of these, these uh, wars that have that have taken place for hundreds of years leading up to this. If there's an area in the world that doesn't know peace, it would be this area. And then we see in those days, the days of Caesar Augustus. He issues a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. He simply wants to get things organized so that he can get more taxes from everybody. That's the purpose of this. And it's the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everybody went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David, he went there to register with Mary he was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Let's pause there for a moment because we don't see in this in these particular sets of verses the gravity of the situation. Remember an angel came to um, the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said you will you will have a child and in fact it, um, just just in case you were wondering your cousin. Elizabeth is is expecting as well she's already six months into her pregnancy so what Mary does as soon as she has that event and and uh, uh, with the angel and the Holy Spirit coming on her and impregnating her um, she heads off to hang out with Elizabeth for three months returning to Nazareth she's well into her pregnancy now and this order comes down from Caesar that they're going to have to travel 80 miles they're going to have to travel 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem when she's well into her pregnancy Now, this is fascinating to me because hundreds of years before Micah prophesies that out of Bethlehem the Messiah will come And you wonder, how in the world is that going to happen? I mean, how are you going to get a very, very pregnant woman to go 80 miles to go to a place so that she could fulfill that prophecy? And the only way that that's going to happen is that the top guy himself, Caesar himself, is going to have to issue a decree that forces them to do so. And if you don't think God is in control, just pay a little bit of attention to how he affects History with history. He's at work through Caesar himself to accomplish the fulfillment of prophecy. It's the only way you're going to get a very pregnant woman to travel. And, and by the way, she didn't have bucket seats in a car with air conditioning when she needed it because she was really hot or, or, or because it was wintertime, good heat on her. It was not a comfortable trip. Nobody is going to do this unless they're truly forced to do this. And yet this trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem, 80 miles, becomes one of the key fulfillments of prophecy necessary to prove that Jesus was and is Messiah. An angel, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He is Messiah. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That's, that's the sign. That's when, they, when they see that, that's, then they will know what they just heard, what they just experienced, and what they're looking at is, this is the Messiah. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host. There was one angel talking to them, and all of a sudden, there are many, many, many angels before them. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I reiterate, if ever there was a, a place that needed to know peace, the declaration is now And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone back into heaven, the shepherds suddenly back into their regular darkness with just the fire crackling and the stars in the sky. It's normal. Okay, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing. Let's let's find this sign. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and sure enough, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, just as it was supposed to be. When they had seen him, they, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Somehow, all of this—even even with these shepherds running out into, into the streets or wherever they were going and, and sharing this good news—somehow. This this continues to happen under the radar. It's not for a couple years before Herod even hears about what has taken place in Bethlehem. It's it's still a couple of years away before the magi see the sign and they finally and they finally arrive at Jesus' feet. I realize that I'm that I might be messing up your manger scene nativity thing at your house because you've got the shepherds over here and the wise men over here and they're all around the manger i I realize i'm wrecking your nativity scene it's okay it's okay you don't have to separate them out and wait for two years before you can bring the wise men it's okay i'm just telling you it jesus was about two years old when they finally arrived on the scene when Herod gets word of this, and you find this story in the early chapters of Matthew, when, when Herod gets the word, he's reminded by his sages that, um, that this was prophesied, that the, this, this child would be born, this king of the Jews would be born. That's when he makes a declaration, okay, I want you to wipe out everybody, all boys under the age of two. See, that's your time frame right there. He, understand, he doesn't know who he's looking for, he's just going to take them all out. Everybody under this age, male, gone. You're you're, you're toast. And that was his attempt to wipe out the king of kings and the lord of lords. And of course, that plan was thwarted as well. Somehow, all of this, even with the shepherds running out into the streets, sharing the good news about what they had experienced out on the field, how how they went, and they found the child just as, As they were told they would find him, all that the Lord had said and done, and and even spreading that news, still happening under the radar. Yet we find God at work all the way through it. Even even with these powerful historical figures doing their very self-centered things, God, in his sovereignty, fulfills the prophetic. Revealing the truth to even lowly shepherds. The truth that the Prince of Peace has come. If ever there was a time when the Prince of Peace was needed, it's now. With the chaos in our world today, with the accelerating chaos in our lives, the busy, even, even the busyness of this wonderful season, depression that often overwhelms people during this time if ever there was a day an hour if ever there was a moment when we needed the prince of peace it's now and he has he has come just as he said he would Just as he declared he would, just as he prophesied that he would, he came. Not just to the great people, not just to the important people, not to the powerful people, not just to the rich people. It was shepherds who first heard the good news. about you today when you pause and you reflect upon life circumstances right now family dynamics right now maybe you're even stressed about right now about the people that are coming to your home or you're stressed about the home that you're going to be heading to, the people that you're going to have to see, the people people that you're going to have to greet and act like you're so happy to see them when you've just been so glad that it's been a whole year since you've seen them. That just sounds terrible. But the fact is, that that is a stress that people experience year after year after year. And even in the midst of that, the Prince of Peace has come. Messiah has come. Emmanuel, God longs to be with you throughout it all, start to finish. If you'll just take the time to allow him to, invite him to be a part of your experiences, your life. Jesus. We look at this story, the story that we have looked at every every year of our lives. And we don't look at it for new information. We know this story. But but we reflect upon today the fact that you, the God of all the universe, when you when you did cram yourself into flesh, when you when you did Emmanuel, you did so in in a, in a time where in in, in, a, in a place that all they had known was was conflict and and. And war after war after war, and ruler after ruler after ruler. You did so in a, in a in a time and a place where they still didn't really know freedom. They were still under the the rule of an external government, with a, with the with a fraudulent king over them by the name of Herod. And still inside of of all of that, you showed up on the scene. Just as you had declared you would, you came, Messiah, the Prince of Peace. And here we are over 2,000 years later in a chaotic world with imminent conflict, with things happening inside and outside of our country daily that we have no control of, that, that we, we, are, we are daily inundated with one bad report after another after another, wondering where this is all leading, wondering how it's going to end up. And yet even in the midst of all of that, Prince of Peace has has come. Prince of Peace is here. Messiah is here. And we just declare our need for you and our reliance upon you. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us, for being Emmanuel. And as we As we depart from this place today, we do so with you in mind. We do so with you in our our vision. We do so with, with you in our thoughts. Keeping you before us every step of the way, every moment of each day. Whether we're going through the hardest of times or the best of times. Whether this Christmas season seems to be the most exciting one that we have been experiencing or the, or the dip, most difficult one that we've been experiencing. You are inside of it. I thank you, Jesus, for what you have already done. I thank you for what you're doing right now. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen maybe. Would you stand with me? May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he fill you with himself, the Prince of Peace. Have an amazing week. See you on Christmas Eve. God bless.